thanks for tuning in to the Writers of Color Reading Series, a podcast presented by the Englert Theater and hosted by me, Chuy Rentadilla. Today, we are joined by Lucy Doe. Uh, Lucy Doe is a writer, actor, singer, and professional level zither performer. She loves writing and feels thankful to the joy that this storytelling format brings to her. She mainly writes fiction and plays and also composes music. Her works have been awarded and published nationally. Currently, she is a student at the University of Iowa, double majoring in creative writing and musical theater, but she's going to move to New York City in this fall to study musical theater at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Lucy, it is a pleasure to have you and to have you join us. How are you today? Hi, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so glad I'm able to share my voice with everyone who loves writing and the arts. Yeah, cool. No, and and it's it's a it's a pleasure to to have you. And I read both of the pieces that you you kind of submitted throughout this process, and I really enjoyed them. And I, and I there's a lot of things that I saw not maybe not necessarily in myself. But like in a lot of people that I know, and like my parents, and this kind of big idea of, especially the concept of coming, going somewhere new, or moving somewhere, right? And so I would love at the start of of the episode if you could give a little bit about yourself and maybe how you came to be here at the University of Iowa in Iowa City. So yeah, so I'm actually born and raised in China. And I moved to America five years ago. I first moved to California to finish my high school career and for college.、Um, you know, I just decided to came to University of Iowa.、Uh, it's like a totally different journey for me. After I have been living in a place for four years, and finally, finally, I fit into that environment. And then suddenly, I just pack my luggage again, and then just fly to a new city. So it was like a really. I would say it's like a special experience for me.、Uh, I'm not gonna say it's difficult because I it's like not easy, but I kind of enjoy the process of changing new places. I love to travel, so that also helps me a lot when I fit into new environment. But obviously, how I decided to come to Iowa City,、um, it's like. We all know, like University Iowa has like great writing program, and also I'm an actor, so it's actually pretty hard for me to find a place like a school, a college, a university that's able to provide me training in both. So that's why when I heard I'm able to double major in them, also I got a great scholarship. I'm like, sure, let's just change a place and move to like a new area I never been to. So I was actually like, when I came to this place, I'm so just excited. To see what's going on and to see what's happened, so yeah, I think that helps me a lot. And I just first came here as a newbie, like know anyone here. Wow, that's an, that's that. See, you know, not not to be too like I don't know, like exaggerating about it, but it's just like I always I, I am in awe of people that can just pack their luggage and be like, I'm gonna go because that's what that's what my parents did, right? That's a lot of like you know like immigrants and immigrant families, like they're just like. Well, I don't know anybody in in this town, but this is where I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna kind of figure it out as I go. So I'm always like, I, I don't want to say like envious of it, but I, I think it takes a lot of courage because for me, I'm like, I'm an Iowa boy, I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so now your plans are to go to New York City. So are you kind of gearing up for that and and heading out and getting ready for that for the fall move? Ah、uh, yeah, so because、uh, like I'm moving there to specifically training in musical theater, um because 
they like I'm going to a more co- like conservatory style program that's more focused on your professional training. It's like um, a three year, and then I will be there. And I'm I think I will probably come back and just finish my writing degree back at Iowa. And that's I mean that's definitely like three years later. But for now, I'm gonna move there, and then I already pack all my stuff. I think I'm it's definitely like a new move again because New York City is again a totally different environment than Iowa City. But I I'm, again I'm. Pretty excited, and、uh, I think you know it's it's a large city. It's a big city, and I you know as I said, I was born and raised in China, and I was from a big city. I, I'm always a big city girl, so it's actually like looks like an adventure for me. Like you know, it's New York City, and I'm studying theater there, and it's a, a city full of writer and actors. So you know, it's a big giant community, and not to mention it's definitely like a more diverse community. You know, as for me, as like you know, a artist of color. So that's definitely like you know the glamorous for me that I'm totally waiting for. That's such an interesting concept to, to for me too, because I I used to teach dance. At the University of Iowa, and so a, a lot of my students would be international students from China, and like you know, a, a good majority of them would be like, like you said, like big city kids. And I could, I could always like when they would talk to me, because of course, like a lot of them had done, because I, I taught a hip hop dance class, so a lot of them had done hip hop dance in these big, huge studios in these cities, and then they come to Iowa and like. What is this? But then they they find my class and they're really like you know excited to to do something that connects them to to the the way that they grew up and stuff. So sometimes I think people don't they don't put those two together that you know these international students or like immigrants that come through like no they're coming from like if they're coming from a bigger city that's a whole another angle to look at how it can be kind of different for them right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was fascinated by some of the answers that you gave in our, our pre-interview, and there's one phrase that I'd like to, to to talk about a little bit more. You have a line: "Good writing comes from life." The question I have for you is like, if you could kind of explore with me, like what that means and how you pull from your life and your writing. Oh yeah, totally. So I will say like how I understand like you know writing has come from my life because most like ninety nine percent of my writing and like my inspirations and my ideas are come from my real life. I always like say to my friends, you know, my life like are are way better than like a drama or anything you see on TV because there are just lots of things happened and I feel like first of all thankful to all these experiences because. Come on, there are so much great things that are happen in these. You know, like things just are random things happen around me. Specifically, you know, me as an artist. So, uh, sometimes you know the things are not definitely that great, but like anytime I just turn them into my art inspirations, they just come really special for me.、Uh, I will say how. Uh, I feel that you know things around me in this environment. It's like I always have my eyes open anytime when I'm in a place. Like for example, now I'm sitting in my house and then doing our interview. I just keep my eye on everywhere, like just to getting inspirations. I think that's what all our artists do. Lots of times in our life. And I just think, you know, when we get whatever, like maybe just a small point from our life, and then. When you trying to create a story, focus on it. You'll be like a new, different world to show to your audiences. And not to mention, I think lots of things happen in the society right now. Definitely worse 
uh, our time to just think deep about it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And one of your your answers too, and I think that kind of speaks to it is um, you said I also consider my writing as a weapon sometimes yeah. when there's society issues that need to be addressed and discussed. I always use my pen to tell about this and let more and more people realize the situation and push to make a change, which I just want to say, like, I appreciate that so much because yeah. I, I think it's, that's a hard thing to do sometimes because sometimes, you know, like if, if it is a, something that society needs to discuss, a lot of times they're very like resistant to that. Right. So as I appreciate that so much and yeah, if there's anything else you, you want to say about that or anything about like kind of how you like, do you feel, do you feel it's like a responsibility or is it just something that it's like another thing to explore while you're writing? Yeah, I think about 50% of the time it's like, I think, you know, it's a responsibility for me, you know, just as a member of this whole global society, I think we all have the duty and responsibility to make the earth we are living on, like to become a better place. So 50% of the time, I will say, I just, I feel like, you know, this is my time. Like, I think I have to address it. Like, you know, you can, you as readers can feel free to take my opinion or like get to know the thing I'm talking to you or not. It's totally your choice, but I just feel like I just have to stand up during the time and just share the things I want to discuss with everyone in my way. And I think another 50% of the time, I just, I do just want to explore because as I mentioned before, you know, lots of things happen in my writing are actually just true things that have been happened around me. Cool. We're at the end of our time, Lucy, but thank you so much for for joining us and, and speaking a little bit on, on your process. If there's anything you think that the listeners should know about the story that you're about to read, or if you just want them to be like going into it cold, like it's up to you. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting to let them go in cold. So, you know, we have some like, yeah, like secrets to keep from them. So you'll <laughs> actually read the story. <laughs> Near her apartment, there's a hospital. Right across the street, just three minutes walk. Through her oversized window of that little room, she can see the whole view of the hospital in a very clear way. She can't remember how many days and nights she has spent in front of the window, but she clearly remembers the sunlight shine directly into her room and landed on her shimmy there when she prepared for her next musical concert. When she's free, she loves to just stand or sit or lay down near the window. She enjoys the moment, discovers herself, opens her heart to herself. That limited golden hour sunshine in the Midwest is truly a treasure for her, especially since she's a girl from California. It's a golden state with the sunshine and the sea. Every time when she's near the window, every time when the sun shines on her, she thinks about herself, from her look to her body to her future career, thinks about her recent and her past life, and thinks about the piece of sunshine that brings the brightness to this dark little room. She used to joke about this with the people living right across the hallway. She said it's her tanning appointment, not only for her body, but also for her heart. She said she needs something warm in these cold, windy days, and of course, the heater in the room is just not enough for her.
California girl. And every time she says things like this, people on the floor ignored her. Didn't pay attention to her. They still play their pokers with a pizza and meat lasagna on the floor. Sometimes they laughed rudely and didn't even raise their hat when she exited the door. She heard them say, "What a rich bitch!" <laughs> she would always return to her room, went to her window again, and just look outside the window. It's a hospital, a hospital, the hospital with the glass outside the walls, the hospital that can show the sunshine. She just looked at the building. She smiled. She wanted to know what's happened inside. She wanted to know if there's someone else in the hospital building also enjoying the golden hour sunshine, just like her. She admitted to herself and everyone else back home later. Yes, she was lonely. There are no real best friends here, and there are only three best friends that are all back home. She wanted someone to always surround her. She wanted someone to be there with her. She enjoyed the feeling. Since three years old, she wanted someone who cares about her, really, except her parents and her family members. She felt lonely, so lonely. She has asked herself this question more than once. Is this the right choice to move to here? She couldn't answer that question. Not yet. Not the right time. The answer needs time. So she decided to find the answer through dating different men. She loves perfume, always does. Just an important part of her body and her life. She said more than once before, men are just like perfumes. There are different types. One bottle shows you the Green River water in French. One bottle introduces the secrets of Egypt. One bottle brings you the glamorous Hollywood lust life, and one bottle spreads the sunshine. She had tried all different types of men before. They are on her list, in her notebook. Or just part of her stories. She placed her designer perfume on the wooden rack in front of her closet, but none of those men deserve a place in her heart. Years and years, she felt tired of those players. They came, they had fun. She also had fun, and then they left each other without even a sign. She organized all those in her mind as part of her life experiences and creative inspirations, but nobody knows all those days and nights in front of the window that she's kept waiting for her sunshine to arrive. Her sunshine only shines on her. On the night of Chinese New Year, everyone was enjoying their nights with their family members except her. She was here alone with no family members and no friends. She FaceTime her family back in China. They were having dinner together. Through the screen of her iPhone 12, she saw the roasted beef and spicy fish made by her grandmother, and most importantly, those pork dumplings. She smiled at all family members, but nobody noticed the tears around her eyes when she ended her call. She put the piece of crab rangoon pizza in her mouth and looked outside the window. It was dark outside. There were even no stars in the sky, but the light of the hospital building still reflected. This time. Directly into her eyes, for no reason she fell on the floor. For no reason she twisted her hip. That was painful. It took her more than thirty minutes to even stand up. She wanted to ask for help, but who would help her? Stop lying to herself, she said. And she was right. Nobody helped her. She went to the hospital by herself. The distance between her apartment and the hospital is just zero point one miles. And、that's a three-minute walk, but that night it took her more than half an hour to get to the emergency room. She clearly remembered it was snowing outside. Just another typical cold day in the city. She walked on the street in her Louboutin boots, 
those red bottom bloody shoes left their marks on the snow and then quickly got covered by the snow again. The streets were empty. She was the only one there. It was freezing. She was shaking under her fur coat. Of course, that Raleigh's dress was not enough to keep her warm. She used her left hand to press her hurt hip and used her right hand to keep balance walking in the snow. She fell once. She fell twice. She didn't remember how she arrived in the emergency room later. All she remembered was she ended up in the emergency room with a giant window. She was lying on the chair. The chair was covered by a white sheet. She looked around, just a normal emergency room. White lights, so bright, made her eyes really uncomfortable. There was a mirror inside the room. She looked at the mirror. She looked at her shadow in the mirror. She wanted to cry just so badly, so hard, but she ended up with no tears, because she knew even if she cried, nobody would care about her. Nobody, at least in the city, at least around her. On that chair, her memory went back to her past life. Five years ago, she packed her luggage and came to America. She knew barely anything about this country. When the plane landed at the San Francisco airport, she didn't even know how to order a chicken sandwich from McDonald's. She rebuilt her friend group. She fit in the new environment. She became the icon of her new school, and all of a sudden, she graduated from high school with prom queen title. Enjoyed her graduation vacation in Italy. Then she packed her luggage and came to this. Middle West college town. Everything was new to her: the environment, the food, the fashion, the culture, and even the men. She tried her best to fit in, like what she did five years ago. But half of a year later, she still didn't get it. She still didn't get herself a perfect answer. She felt lost in the way. She lost her direction. Her life routine was simple, not fun at all. She went to classes, then went to theater for rehearsal, then came back to her room and sat in front of the window and looked outside. She missed her past life. She missed those days in the bars and the parties with her friends back in hometown. She missed those nights in her private pool with those half sports players in her high school. She even missed those days in the public library just with one book in her hands. She wanted to go back for sure, but she also didn't want to give up. As a competitive lady, she has discovered her way to fight to get what she wants in her life. So, whatever the idea of moving back to home went right across her mind, she looked at herself through her makeup mirror and threw that idea out of her mind by shopping online. She was lonely. She needed someone else. The door of the emergency room opened. A doctor walked into the room. She raised her head and opened her eyes. At that second. Her black eyes were drawn into that pair of blue eyes. The doctor was pretty, beautiful, hot, and charming. She has never seen a man this hot and charming in the city before. She was surprised. The sun-tanned skin under the white doctor coat caught her attention. Through the pair of blue eyes, she saw the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, the beach, the palm trees, sand, birds, fish, and the sunshine. She smiled. She got lost again. This time in that pair of blue eyes, the doctor smiled at her and started checking her injury. He was sweet. His voice was so warm. He looked at her, and she was in the dream created by his Italian accent. She forgot everything: her pain, her life, the snow outside, and the red lace dress. She told herself later, if life was a dream, she would love to stay in that one night forever and never wake up again. She looked at the doctor again. Their eyes perfectly matched with each other.
This is how she described to her friends over the phone later. The California sunshine made the under the hall from Sicily in the cold, snowy Midwest night. Yeah, that's right. At least it's warm at the moment. Just more spicy, hotter, and more than you can think and you believe. My sunshine has appeared, and I decided to catch it. She said to this friend also. And the night of Chinese New Year, she fell in love with a doctor, emergency room doctor, six feet tall with defiant six packs and a pair of blue eyes. She opened her heart to the stranger. They had a brief talk. She noticed they have so many similar interests, and she had already created a to-do list with him in her head. It was still snowing outside, but she didn't feel cold anymore. It was all white outside the hospital building. The snow made it look like a dreamland. And inside the emergency room, her red lace dress was on the floor. After that day, for a long time, she never woke up by herself again. And every day, in front of the window, a man was sitting next to her and listening to her story. The golden hour sunshine shines again on the window, so bright, but not in her heart anymore, because there's a doctor in her heart instead. She enjoyed every moment with him. What a well-educated gentleman with such a charming voice! She had to enjoy it. Of course, she left everything behind. She still went to her classes, showed up at her musical rehearsals, but this time there was a man with her, holding her right hand. People around her felt jealous. Rumors around her had been all over the place. They said she got a sugar daddy. They said she hired a hot man to be her boyfriend. She ignored it. She didn't care. She told herself, "God brought such a treasure for her, and she would enjoy it if she could live here her life with those different voices from those haters around her earlier. She could still live in right now." She ignored everything, even those red flags about this man. There was a Stanley piano in his house. She played on the piano every time she visited. She played her favorite songs. She sang them to herself. But this time she had an audience. They also played together. She considered it as a deep connection between those two lonely souls and two pure hearts. They communicated with their fingers through the music. He invited her to go on his private jet. He brought her to his hometown to enjoy the beach and the sunshine. She lay down the chair on the roof of his mansion near the sea with a glass of margarita in her left hand. The sun shined on her red Versace bathing suit, so bright, so beautiful. She smiled and left a kiss on this man's lip. Then she came back from the trip. Then she decided to show those people who live on this floor her new man, a hot doctor, a smart one with a private jet. She'll never forget their facial expression at the moment because she felt she's way more better than those people again. Not only she's way more success at her career and her schoolwork, and also she got a hot man this time. They are not even at the same level, she said. She packed her belongings and left that apartment. She remembered when she was packing her designer purses bought by herself. That man whispered into her left ear, "You don't need them anymore." I'll buy you as many as you want. She believed that, agreed to that, and left her old-time favorites all on her shelf. It's time for something new, she said. We all love something new. Men also, and she acted the door of the apartment building with everyone's eyes on her. She wore another red dress that day with another pair of Louboutins, all bought by herself.
Then things started to getting weird. He started to ignore her call, left her on read, or even delivered. He didn't show up on their date and made lots of excuses. He said he got caught in by the hospital. There were accidents, gunshots, car accidents, but what a coincidence! She didn't hear any ambulance sounds that night. He followed up with a five-minute and forty-seconds apology video the following day. In that video, he acted so true. So one moment she felt he should quit the doctor career and move to Hollywood to become an actor. He apologized five times, not only one five. She laughed coldly. He looked at the camera with his iconic blue eyes, but he wanted her to give him a second chance. He opened the Chanel box and took out her favorite purse, and that's when she noticed the ring on his hand—a Gucci wedding ring. She laughed again and threw her phone on the floor. She walked to the window. The golden sunshine shined on her again. She hated liars. She hated liars, especially men she had opened her heart to. He'll never get a second chance. She told herself, "She has already made her decision." She moved back to her place, unboxing all her stuff. Those people along the way laughed at her. They continually threw those ugly words at her, and one of them even wanted to get in touch with the man. She didn't say a word, just put her shoes on her shelf and hang her designer dress on the racks. She looked at herself in the mirror, <laughs> still pretty. Still iconic, still the main character of her own life. She walked out of her room in her red lace dress, a new one. The shine shined on her again, creating her own spotlight. What a beautiful day, she said. Then she walked toward the theater. Our thanks to Lucy Yue Dao for the conversation and and reading, and we wish you well in all your travels in the future in New York and everything else.、Um, and it's time for the prompt based on my conversation with Lucy. And there's something really interesting that Lucy said that kind of, I kind of flagged、uh, when I asked her if she wanted to tee up the reading at the end or or leave it、um, kind of fresh. For the listener, and she, she, the way that she posed it was, let's let's keep it a secret. Let's keep it a secret for the listener, so so it's all new. And I, I really, I, something about that, I, I thought, could be today's prompt. So let's do it.、Um, and it goes like this: Respond to this however you like. Can you keep a secret? Why or why not? And a follow up to that: Is there a relationship between telling a secret and telling a story? Because full disclosure, I feel like my writing, particularly the memoir that I have coming out, it kind of feels like I am. I have the secret that's getting out to the world, right? So I think maybe that's why I gravitated to that little phrase that Lucy used. So again, respond to that however you like. You can write something, you can record audio, something, whatever you like. But you can, if it feels good to you,、um, you can send it to us at podcast at englert dot org. Um, and we'd love to hear what you got to say. But until then,、uh, this is Chuy Rentadia signing off, and see you next time.
Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Englert. To learn more, visit englert.org slash friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs and by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peers in the United States Regional Arts and Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Thank you.